1: Thank you for standing by and welcome to the Superior Plus 2021 Quarter Results Conference Call. At this time, all participants are on a listen only mode. After the speaker's presentations, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question at that time, please press star than 1 on your touchstone telephone. As a reminder, today's conference call is being recorded. I will now attend the conference of G host, Mr. Robert Doran, Vice President of Investor Relations and Treasurer. Please go ahead.
2: Thank you, Valerie. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Superior Plus' conference call and webcast to review our 21-second quarter results. Our speakers on the call today will be Luke Desjardins, President and CEO, and Beth Summers, Executive VP and CFO. Today's call is being webcast, and we encourage listeners to follow along with the supporting presentation, which is also available on our website. For this morning's call, Luke and Beth will begin with their prepared remarks and then we will open up the call for questions. Before I turn the call to Luke, I'd like to remind you that some of the comments made today may be forward-looking in nature and are based on Superior's current expectations, estimates, judgments, projections, and risks. Further, some of the information provided refers to non-GAAP measures. Please refer to Mm Superior's 2nd order MD&A posted on CDAR and Superior's website yesterday for further details on forward-looking information and non-GAAP measures. I would encourage listeners to review the MDNA, as it includes more detail on the financial information for the second quarter. <coughs> as we won't go- be going over each financial metric on today's call, this will allow us to move more quickly into the question and answer period. I'll now turn the call over to Luke.
3: Uh, thank you, Rob, and good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining the call. We're still dealing with various levels of COVID nineteen restriction in our operating regions primarily in the Canada, in Canada, but also some parts of the U.S., especially commercial business. I'm proud of our team's commitment, safety, reliability, and we continue to provide essential fuel and services to our customer. We'd like to start with some highlights from the second quarter and recent weeks following the end of the quarter. We have been busy in 2021, and we are in a good position to achieve our superior way forward target set out as our investor day. Nothing has changed in our mind and mind from the mid and long term of where we're going to get. In May 2025, we host a virtual investor day where we unveil our next strategic plan, the superior way forward. The superior way forward is focused on growing our business through acquisition as well as through organic growth and continuous improvement initiative. At our investor day, we also set our acquisition target of $1.9 billion, and our EBITDA target of 700 to 750 million. Both targets anticipate to be achieved by 2026, We have made great progress in our acquisition initiative in 2021 with approximately 600 million in acquisition announced or completed, including the recent announcement of CAMP, which should be closing during quarter three. That is approximately 30% of our acquisition target achieved in the first year. It is a good year because the pipeline is very robust and with the tax potential effect in the state, many entrepreneurs are looking at selling their business. We recently announced Camp Acquisition. We recently announced Camp Acquisition provides us with a significant operating platform in California, which expects should enable us to generate a higher level of synergy when we make future token acquisition in California and surrounding states, but don't forget that on the base of every acquisition we make, either it be CAMP or Freeman, we do still see, uh, line by line, how we're going to get a major improvement in the EBITDA of business we acquire. Cam is one of the largest independent propane retailer in California and a well-established business with retail and wholesale operation that should complement our existing business in California. With retail location in California, Nevada, Arizona, Camp is expected to provide us with more opportunity to expand in the Western US. And then the Kiva Camp's wholesale propane business operate across 16 states in the Western US, which is expected to further expand our reach into new territory and allow us to use our wholesale natural gas liquid expertise on a larger scale. Camps also has a renewable propane offering which is a product we are excited to provide our broader customer base in the future. We expect the Camp's acquisition to close in the third quarter, and we are looking forward to welcoming their employees and customers to the Superior. On June 16, we completed the acquisition of Freeman Gas based in South Carolina. Freeman significantly increased our presence, actually doubled our presence in the Southeast US, and we expect Strong synergy opportunities as several of the Freeman locations are located close to our existing operation in the north and the south of Carolina. Freeman also has an attractive customer base as the business services many suburban neighborhoods in the southeast. Increasing our footprint and utilizing our back office capability of Freeman is expected to increase the synergy opportunities for future acquisition in that region as well. The acquisition of William in July is a great example of increased energy opportunity following the acquisition of Freeman, as Williams also operates in the southeast. In the second quarter, our results were impacted by warmer weather in the U.S. earlier in the quarter and to a lesser extent, lower average margin in both U.S. and Canada. However, our strategic growth and operational initiatives are still on track with our plan. Our trailing 12 months adjusted EBITDA as of June 30th, including the pro forma EBITDA from acquisition, complete and announced in 2021 is approximately 460 million. And that doesn't include the synergy, which we expect on our past acquisition experience to be similar, but that usually takes a good 18 months to unfold. We're seeing some modest improvement in commercial and wholesale volume in Canada. As restriction related to COVID starts to ease, in the second quarter, EBITDA from operation of 37 million was 11 million lower than the prior year quarter, and primarily due to lower EBITDA from operation in the U.S. propane business and higher corporate costs. We have uh, we're going to talk a bit later about our long-term incentive, which with the stock value has taken uh, a good 10 million dollar extra cost that we incurred this quarter. In the second quarter, U.S. propane result decreased compared to the prior year quarter, primarily due to warmer weather, and to a lesser extent, higher incremental operating expense related to acquisition and lower average margin due to lower commodity price environment in the prior year. The second quarter is a seasonally lower quarter, accounting for approximately 16% of the sales, but approximately 22% of the operating expense. Uh, we are unable to com- completely flex all of our costs. So to give you a relativity of that, we would prefer to make acquisition before the winter starts, but as you do then, you know, in different times of the year, and this one, Freeman, was in the spring, you end up with a lot less uh, volume and margin and volume uh, for the quarter two, but you have the full fixed cost. So it's just a little bit skew when we think quarter two. For that reason, we recently uh, completed also contribute, it contributes less to the second quarter as we pick up more of the expense and less of the sales volume, which comes in quarter four and quarter one of the following year. Uh, U.S. propane EBITDA from Operation 2021 anticipate to be higher than 2020, primarily due to the impact of acquisition complete in 20 and then 2021 benefits from the Superior Way Incisional Workforce Optimization Initiative, and realized synergies from acquisition. These factors have been negatively impacted by warmer weather, about a $5 million or less because due to the weather, which continue into the second quarter, as well as lower average unit margin related to wholesale propane fundamentals and the impact from the strong Canadian dollar on U.S. dominated EBITDA. The Canadian propane results for the second quarter were higher in the prior year quarter, primarily due to the benefit from the CAWS and increased sales volume, partially offset by a decrease in average margin related to the wholesale propane market fundamentals and customer mix. Now, our internal growth sales continue to have a good strong traction. Canadian propane EBITDA from operation 2021 is anticipated to be lower than 2020, primarily due to the decrease in sales volume and average unit margin, as well as the reduction of CRWS benefit year over year. Partially offset by lower operating expenses, sales volume are expected to decrease due to the impact from COVID 19 and reduced economic activities in Western Canada, especially. We are optimistic with our COVID 19 restriction will be lifted in the late part of this year, allowing our commercial customer to operate at higher capacity, which is expected to increase propane demand. Quarter two is a small quarter with only 16% of sales, but all the full fixed costs. And their sales and full costs are making your quarter a little bit skew here, which is something to take in consideration. But we're very confident in our game plan, and everything is on track for acquisition and integration and for the mid and long term. Uh, so with that, I'll uh, pass uh, the presentation to Beth. Oh,
0: thank you, Luke, and good morning, everyone. Superior achieved second quarter adjusted EBITDA of 31.6 million, a 7.5 million or 19% decrease over the prior year quarter primarily due to lower EBITDA from operations from U.S. propane and higher corporate costs. This was partially offset by realized gains on foreign exchange hedging contracts and higher EBITDA from operations in Canadian propane distribution. The second quarter consolidated net loss from continuing operations was $36.1 million compared to a net loss of $0.1 million in the prior year quarter. The primary driver for the higher net loss was the increase in finance expense, which was related to the premiums on the early redemption of the senior unsecured notes, a decrease in unrealized gains on derivatives, and lower adjusted gross profit, partially offset by the impact of the CWS in the current quarter. Our consolidated AOCF before transaction and other costs for the second quarter was $9 million, a $5.5 million or 38% decrease compared to the prior year quarter, primarily due to the lower adjusted EBITDA and higher cash taxes, partially offset by lower interest expense. Now, turning to the individual business results, U.S. propane EBITDA from operations was $14 million, a decrease of $13.1 million, or 48%, from the prior year quarter. This was primarily due to the lower sales volumes in the base business related to warmer weather, and to a lesser extent, lower average margins partially offset by the contribution from acquisitions. Residential and wholesale sales volumes were consistent with the prior year quarter primarily due to acquisitions offset by the impact from warmer weather. Average weather is measured by degree days across the markets where U.S. propane operates was 14% warmer than the prior year quarter and 5% colder than the five-year average. Commercial sales volumes were 25% higher compared to the prior year quarter, primarily due to acquisitions and the easing of COVID-19 restrictions, partially offset by warmer weather. Average margins were 37 cents per liter, 20% lower than the prior year quarter, primarily due to short-term margin opportunities in the prior year quarter related to the lower commodity price environment the impact of the stronger Canadian dollar on the translation of U.S. denominated gross profit and to a lesser extent the customer mix. Operating cost increased by 8% compared to the prior year quarter due to acquisitions partially offset by workforce optimization initiatives, realized synergies and the impact of the stronger Canadian dollar on the U.S. denominated expenses. Canadian propane Mm -hmm. even operations of $23 increased 1.8 million or 8% from the prior year quarter. This is primarily due to the impact from the CEWS benefit and higher sales volumes, partially offset by lower average margins related to weaker wholesale propane market fundamentals. Residential sales volumes were consistent with the prior year quarter as the impact of acquisitions completed during the first quarter was offset by warmer weather. Average weather across Canada for the second quarter, is measured by degree days, was 14% warmer than the prior year and 7% warmer than the five-year average. Commercial sales volumes were 6% higher than the prior year quarter, as COVID-19 restrictions were lifted in some parts of the country, partially offset by warmer weather. Wholesale propane volumes were 13% higher compared to the prior year quarter, Due to sales and marketing efforts to increase third party spot price wholesale propane sales. Average margins were 13% lower than the prior year quarter due to weaker wholesale propane fundamentals, increase in commodity costs and customer mix. Operating costs decreased by 9% compared to the prior year quarter due to the impact from the CWS benefit and cost saving initiatives. Lastly, the corporate results the adjusted EBITDA guidance, and leverage. Corporate operating costs were $8.2 million, an increase of $1.2 million compared to $7 million in the prior year quarter, primarily due to higher long-term incentive plan costs related to share price appreciation in the current quarter. Interest costs decreased 13% compared to the prior year quarter due to lower average debt levels and lower average interest rates. Superior's total net debt to adjusted EBITDA leverage ratio for the trailing 12 months ended June 30, 2021, was 3.3 times, which is within Superior's long-term target range of three to three-and-a-half times. In the quarter, we amended the syndicated credit facility and extended the maturity to May 8, 2026. There were no changes to the total commitments available under the credit facility, the accordion capacity, or the financial covenants. In the facility. In addition, we issued $500 million of senior unsecured notes at 4.25%. The proceeds from the notes, along with borrowing under the credit facility and cash on hand, were used to redeem the Canadian $400 million, 5.25% senior unsecured notes as well as the Canadian $370 million 5.125% senior secured notes. The extension of the credit facility and refinancing of the Canadian senior unsecured notes has further strengthened our balance sheet and debt maturity profile. So we're well positioned from a debt financing and liquidity perspective. We have updated our 2021 adjusted EBITDA guidance, increasing the bottom end of the previously disclosed guidance range of 380 uh, 380 million to 390 million. The new adjusted EBITDA guidance range is 390 million to 420 million with a midpoint of 405 million, reflecting the expected contribution from the camp acquisition and the impact of year-to-date results. It's useful to note that the adjusted EBITDA for the first six months has been impacted by higher long-term incentive costs related to the share price appreciation amounting to approximately 10 million. We would typically see this cost in the range in the six-month period between two to three million. In addition, the impact from warmer weather in the second quarter was approximately five million, as well providing some year-to-date headwinds from our initial guidance expectations since we forecast on weather normal conditions. For the remainder of 2021, we anticipate average weather to be consistent with the five-year average for the US and Canada and wholesale propane fundamentals to be consistent with what we've seen in the first six months. With that, I'd like to turn the call over to Q&A. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you. Again, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star than one on your touchtone telephone. One moment, please. Our first question comes from David Newman of Diz Yarnet. The line is open. Good morning. Morning. Morning, David.
4: Um, so propane inventories have been uh, very tight, and um, and you have this ongoing saga of Line Five, uh, which could yeah. could serve to accelerate pricing into the into the winter even more uh, versus the lofty level. So I guess a couple of questions on the back of that. Um, maybe an update on your preparations if Line Five uh, is shut, and and alternatives, and any concern that the rise in prices could um, de-stimulate demand, especially on a reopening, which is actually very important, and what the margins initially pinched, could it be a margin opportunity?
3: (laughs) Maybe Betsy can start for the wholesale and uh, what you've done before Line 5, and I'll continue if need to on margin opportunity.
0: Sure, so from a Line 5 perspective, we have been proactive. We did increase our storage and secure supply with no force majeure um, parts in the contract with respect to the summer months. Um, In addition to that, we were moving rail cars um, to strategic storage locations in the east. We are currently working through and being proactive for detailed winter plans um, with respect to um, understanding where um, the Line 5 issue sits. We are supposed to hear a report from the mediator findings um, later in August. So from that perspective, we are still working through, and our expectation would be that we will, um, I'm going to say, do a little bit more of what we did in the summer in order to position ourselves well to ensure that our, we have the supply for our customers. Okay. Um, arguably, it's going to uh, impact Ontario the most but also Quebec,
3: as well as Michigan and New York, being that they do get some truck supply from Sarnia. Okay. Uh, maybe on margin, I don't think it will change. You know, you're, if you have electricity, natural gas at home, you cannot decide to switch to something else. Now, oil, the uh, prices are high, so you're looking at the uh, customer, When we've seen in the past is when, Something happened that propane uh, commodity price becomes very high. There's not, a, there's not a lot of switching. What they do is they try to call other uh, – we have will call, a few customer will call, not much in Canada, but a bit more in the States. Those customers say, boy, what's going on? And I'll call the competitors. So there's a risk there. We could gain and lose from that, but that's a small portion of our total volume. So, But that's, for us, it's uh, adjusting always – I call it the added value by segment. How much margin do we make on the residential, commercial, and industrial? We're not responsible for the propane. Now you get some up and down, uh, of course. Now well, within a month you get some, some, a situation that could help us or be negative. So far it's been the, the negative on 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 the uh, the price of the propane, but within a month or so you adjust and you keep the same margin that you should make on added value. I insisted on that 10 years ago when I joined here. I said, we're not in the commodity business. We don't take that risk. I'd rather have less customer, but we're not taking any risk on the on the commodity, which with a, a percentage to accept that sometimes you have inventory at high price and the price goes down, then you have a, a mark-to-market at the end of the month and you lose some money in that, of course. But uh, another game to take any risk with commodity.
4: So to be to be to be conservative i would assume that kind of an in, in sort of an, a, a commodity inflationary environment that we can assume that there be no sort of margin opportunities and that we should probably just forecast this kind of level that we're seeing in the queue on the cpl
2: yes
3: yes i I'd rather that we don't increase margin during that time more question customer ask more questions and if you saw, you know, you've seen a result of growth in the last, uh, more in Canada, some growth in the States, but in Canada, we're really humming on internal growth, and we don't want to lose that. We've seen some major competitor in the States doing that, and they'll probably continue to do that. We're rather growth customer versus gaining two cents uh, short term.
0: Right. Yeah, and, and, and maybe, Luke, I'll just jump in here on the margin side as well. Um, From a U.S. perspective, I think, David, the best way to think about it is we would still expect the margin to be in that range of U.S. 30 to 35 cents per liter. Um, And we would expect, looking at 2021, that the average margin would be uh, modestly higher than what we would have seen in 2020 for the whole year. Um, When it comes to Canada... As we've said before, you know that margin range to think about is between 14 to 18 cents. And I think, with respect to Canada, as you look at the year, expected at the higher end, but still potentially modestly lower than what you would have seen in 2020 for Canada.
4: Okay. And then, just last question for me, and I'll hand over the line. Um, just in terms of the margins, obviously, a lot of your competitors, especially the small players, have, have suffered through COVID um yep. you know they're not as big as you guys and 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 now you've got this volatile commodity price and they can't they also similarly probably can't squeeze margins anymore in the hope that as they come out of the pandemic that they uh you know they could actually recoup what they lost and now now you're facing this kind of commodity pressure uh on on you know, upward commodity prices so so are you seeing the funnel of players just capitulating and throwing in the
3: towel? No, but we've seen uh, more competitor becoming for sale, and we have a few even in Canada that uh, are raising the flag. And we'll, I think when it comes to Eastern Canada, we'll be the, I don't think we have a lot of competition anymore to acquire business. And in the States, the same. When you look at uh, government regulation, when you look at uh, ESG, when you look at... Uh, What's happened in the past two years, you know, with propane, uh, with the blockage, which we were able to supply 100% of our customer, a lot of small mid-competer were in trouble. Uh, There's a lot more. uh, You need to be big, and you need to have the scale. I always insist that we do build a good SGL wholesale business for all of those reasons. And what Beth and the team has done at SGL. They've secured at a bit higher price. Uh, We're paying a bit of insurance for that. uh, More liquid for Eastern Canada due to Line 5, even though we all believe it's not going to happen. We're in the business of taking that kind of risk, and we're planning the same kind of arrangement for this fall uh, and winter. So it helps to have a size. It helps to have a... Uh, the wholesale scale, uh, more and more now in California and with Kiva, that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's where you know covers more states. So a good mix of that and the scale we have and the professional team, uh, no doubt uh, competitors, entrepreneurs saying,
2: uh,
3: I have enough. There's too much going my way. And you need a lot of people and talent and scale to uh, address all those issues.
4: Yeah, like Roberto Duran, no mass. Very helpful. Thank
3: you,
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Our next question comes from Jacob Bout of BIBC. Line is open. Good morning.
2: Good morning. Good morning.
5: Um, how are you thinking about M&A for the for the balance of this year? Um, given you know, with this Camps acquisition, um, you, you're you're at
2: or or through your your target debt leverage ratios.
3: Yeah, the, the uh, backlog, and, and uh, Beth can address debt, The backlog is solid, uh, and it continues to, we continue to have small, mid sized opportunity. Uh, we're certainly one of the two or three strategic potential buyer of all the people that are selling. So we're in very good shape there. Uh, so what we've presented. Uh, in the five-year plan, uh, as you could see this year, we're, we're humming big time. I think there will be some years where it won't be as much. I think the tax issue in the States has uh, got a lot of people to be jumping and saying, hey, I'm going to sell in the next two years, might as well do it now. Uh, but there's no doubt uh, we'll achieve our $1.3 and we'll get there. I, I always like to do things faster, quicker than we expect and plan, and this is looking good. So on the other side of the, uh, to continue our growth, the uh, Beth, from the debt situation.
0: Yeah, and I and I think from a leverage, I think your question. So at the end of the quarter, we were sitting at 3.3 times um, pro forma the Camps acquisition. That would be roughly 3.7 times. <clears throat> so. From our perspective, and as I said before, as we looked at larger transactions, which if you take Freeman and Camp together, that's roughly $550 of acquisitions, um, from a leverage perspective, we're comfortable going up to that sort of 3.75 times and then having a line of sight um, coming back down over that 18 to 24 month period. So, so from our perspective, you know, we're going to continue as Luke's saying, there's off, you know, we've got a strong funnel. Um, typically we have seen fewer deals historically between now and during the heating season. Um, you tend to find owners and businesses hunkering down um, just dealing with the, uh, with, with getting the business done throughout that period. It does tend to pick up in the spring. But that being said, as Luke said, we're committed to our strategic direction for that 1.9 billion of acquisitions um, over the next five years. So the reality is, we'll keep looking at them um, as they make sense from a shareholder perspective. We'll move forward, and we'll ensure, from a shareholder perspective, that we've got an appropriate capital structure. Um, You know, I will say when we did NGL um, from a credit rating perspective. You know, we did touch four times for a period of time with that line of sight to come back down. So certainly, we'll make sure that we're doing what makes sense for everyone in the context, but uh, shooting towards achieving that strategic uh, direction.
3: Okay. Yeah, and, and then- I'll add to that. I'll add to that the um, the timing. I did mention it a bit in my presentation. What's happening is when the winter starts, everybody's hands on deck. Every Competitor, every propane company that's do deal with servicing customer. Then the spring comes, and then whoever is for sale, we get the calls, and we go the we do the visit, and uh, so you end up buying business in quarter two, three that are uh, less sales than the full cost, so it's not ideal. And when you get to the fall over 12 months, you recuperate that, but you're we're kind of forced in an industry that you cannot buy doing a 12 month thread at the best time, because everybody's busy. And uh, only one that's going to work for us, the, which is the first one I can think of for a long time is CAM because it took us so long, and it still has uh, issue to, uh, to before we close, and so we're talking quarter three. So which one will capture at the right time and so it's good to have one of those. So
5: I'll, I'll leave um, it at that. Okay thank you for that. And then maybe my second question here just on uh have you had any updated conversations with Marquade? I mean, they're getting close to their their 20% stake.
3: Uh it's been a while. We're uh I intend to call them after this quarter and uh I'm traveling also to the state and I know that the CEO does travel to Philadelphia, so we might hopefully we could can- pick the right time to meet, but if not, we'll do it by phone. Yes, I intend to call soon. They're in the 19 range right now, so there's still a little bit of room, and I'd like to have a chat with them. They're becoming such a large shareholder. We want to treat them well and communicate properly with them at the right time. So nothing in the last quarter, but uh, uh, probably have some news in the next quarter.
5: But, But no discussion about a board seat or anything along those lines? not yet not yet uh, probably expecting it but
3: not yet
2: okay we'll okay. see what I'll the next uh, discussion yeah i'll leave it there thank you very much thank you
1: thank you our next question comes from ben Iverson of scotiabank your line is open
5: thank you very much um two questions for me the first one is um uh, Beth, you talked about being at 3.7 times pro forma, and historically you've been willing to touch uh, four times. When you think about the the opportunity set in front of you near term, um, is issuing equity a possibility, or is that off the table right now?
0: Well, I mean, I think from our perspective, as I mentioned before, you know, from a modeling perspective, when well, we targeted numbers like a $550 million for those two acquisitions together, we're certainly comfortable. Um, we want to ensure that we have our double B credit rating, which we are comfortable with in that range, and then have that line of sight to come down. I think, you know, from that question, the reality is we'll continue to look at acquisitions. We're going to balance various pieces and then do what we think makes the most sense from a shareholder perspective. So, you know, that's how it impacts on acquisitions as well as how it would impact and how we look at our capital structure. But again, we are, we are comfortable and we do model looking at in and around that 3.75 range with that line of sight down. And just to flag, that 3.7 is pro forma with no synergies as well. So, um, you know, as those synergies roll in, um, it's obviously lower and it's more in that range of, um, Probably looking at that three five to three six times once synergies are
5: rolled in. Great, and then uh, my final question, Luke: Can you talk about the regulatory environment um, uh, in Canada, in California, in the U.S. Northeast, as it relates to antitrust? Are, are are there any concerns that your market share is getting too big, or are you too far away? I, I know you had mentioned some opportunities for M and A in Canada, and I wasn't clear whether that would push up against those uh, boundaries.
3: No, we uh, we look very good. And when you think of Ontario, Quebec, we're still in the 25% range, and I don't see any problem getting to the 35-40 without an issue. You know, we've done it out west, so we expect the same in the east. So no issue there to continue to grow. And in the states, it's absolutely like, lots of room, You're, it's a huge industry when you think of energy you know, representing 5, 6, 7% of total energy, uh, our market share, I think with all the acquisition we've made, uh, the the largest one of what, 10, 12%, maybe Rob can talk to that. I think 25% is the three large one together. You know, over a billion of EBITDA and they only represent 25% of the market any more uh, specific uh, point uh, rob on that
2: no i i think in most markets that we operate in there's at least seven to ten competitors and uh, i think america's being the largest overall in the us they're only 12 to 15 percent of the market so no concerns there yeah thank you yeah
1: thank you our (laughs) next question Daryl Young of CD Security your
5: is open. Morning, everyone. Just a couple quick ones from me. Uh, mm-hmm. First, uh, the pace of, of M&A has obviously been very impressive. Uh, I'm just wondering around the integration side of these deals and, and the synergy realization. Uh, would you say maybe there's greater risk this time around than previous transactions just given there, there's so many um, going on simultaneously?
3: That's a very good question. So, uh, and I'm going to uh, visit the States in two weeks and the full session on the integration of, uh, let's say, Freeman, the large, large large one. So, the way I look at it is we know enough. The business model is developed, the KPI, and where the opportunities are from top to bottom. So, I don't see any risk. But what we do sometimes, if we buy a, a million EBITDA business, Uh, the focus to wait the next two or six months could be there because we're busy with the Freeman large integration and marching on to the large one. So we'll have parallel the camp and uh, the Freeman not missing the beat because they're large. And then do we miss the beat on a million or two EBITDA and we capture it and do it in six months? That will happen because there's so many. But uh, trust me, I've Integration and execution in my career is uh, number one and uh, one eight. So we're not going to let go of all the pot- potential synergy of what we acquire.
5: Okay, great. And then there the, from, uh, the, the 460 million LTM EBITDA number that you reported, that does not include any synergies, correct? Yeah, no, uh, it does not. It
0: includes the synergies and yeah and it takes a good
5: eighteen months
3: huh? and you don't do much in the winter time huh? you don't want to miss the beat on customer again, so you're at, uh, it's an eighteen month process
5: okay, so we shouldn't expect the full amount of potential synergies from all these deals to come through in twenty twenty two particularly camps and Freeman, probably no synergies
3: no there's there's always some there's always some but To think of the full 25% uh, gain, uh, there's always some up front. uh, I would call it 5%. uh, But then you finish the winter, and then you get going in the spring of 2022, very hard at it, and you start to see the last quarter, 2022, and then the full year, 2023.
5: Got it. And then just one um, detailed question around the CapEx. The... um, the sustaining CapEx doesn't look like it's changed for Camps or Freeman. Um, will that be updated in the future, or is, is that sort of a run rate, the 120 to 140?
0: Um, I think the 120 to 140 is a reasonable range to, to think about it. Um, we'll update that guidance for 2022, but I wouldn't expect any material change as a result of those two acquisitions. Great. And thanks those
3: thanks two, very much. Those two, those two owners uh, have run the business. From a capex, very well. So the fleet is more modern. There's nothing. There's no old stuff. There's even a new plant in uh, in California that they were opening for retail. So they've done a a good job. Those two owners of not falling behind on uh, capital investment,
5: which is good news. Great. Uh, Thanks very much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Our next question comes from Patrick Kinney of National Bank. Yolanda line is open.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, good morning, everybody. Um, good morning. Just to follow up on uh, your increased presence in California, but I guess more related to the uh, accelerated push out west towards renewable fuels between now and 2030, and I understand CAMPS, I believe CAMPS was already looking at opportunities to source Renewable propane, yeah. Um, yep. But would you have an update, maybe, on on how much of your California supply might potentially come from renewable feedstocks over the next few years, and then also any sense as to what this could mean financially to your California franchise, just based on you know the existing LCFS and other credit programs out there?
3: Yeah. So we're. This is very uh, new for us in twenty twenty one. We're uh, doing a lot of work to find out who's going to be taking plastic or other products and trans- uh, kind of, uh, turning it into biopropane. And we have good connection, in California, for what's coming. And we expect to be able to take uh, the offshoot of that production for bio. But to start to calculate how much of all those plants are building to take uh, to transform and to biopropane, we know the player we're talking to them. I want to capture it as much as possible. Uh, I don't know how much of the total volume would be there. I know that we will not lose margin by selling biopropane. It might be that that uh, you know we we might be able to make a few penny more because it's biopropane, but I don't see a reduction of margin because of that. And I can assure you that it's on our top radar and priority number one with Beth and our leader in the SGL. Say, who's going to do that? Where are they? Let's meet them and let's capture the volume uh, when it comes to production. Uh, yeah, can all,
0: I'll just I'll add to that. Where we are currently working on our um, longer-term strategy to lay out what we want to do going forward with respect to this. And I think the reality is there's no significant customer demand yet, really because the supply is limited. Um, I think you've got your synthetic um, renewable as well as your uh, bio propane. So, you know, we'll obviously go down both of those avenues and look at those. Um, it could be higher, as Luke's saying, um, higher cost if demand increases. Interestingly, right now it appears that the pricing for the renewable propane is similar. Um, But, of course, that'll change as the market changes. But as as Luke said, um, you know, that's going to be something that we look at and becomes part of how we approach our procurement um, of propane in the future. And then that's something that uh, we're working on that defined strategy for going forward.
6: Okay, that's great. Yeah, sounds like something to keep a close eye on. Um, And then, Beth, maybe just to follow up uh, on your FX hedging. So looks like you're about two-thirds... Hedged for next year, uh, but then dropping down to maybe one third for 2023. So perhaps just could you remind us um, what your current EBITDA sensitivity might be for a, a five cent change in FX? And also, you know, if you're inclined to be a bit more patient here on layering on additional hedges mm-hmm. until you can lock in, say, you know, a dollar thirty or so, um, or do you simply look to add hedges? even at the current rates, just given, you know, like you said, the the leverage is already at the top end of your comfort zone.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so um, from an FX perspective, um, the way that we approach FX is we will roll it in over time. So we, um, the way that our policy works is we will hedge potentially out five years, um, depending on where the rates are and where they sit in the context of the 20-year average. So I would, if you look, even historically, we would always have less hedged two, three years out than we would in the current year, where we want to be close to fully hedged, if not fully hedged, in the current year. Um, a five cent, if you looked out three years, probably you're looking at exposure of in the range of 10 to 15 million in the future. Um, if you want to think about it, but that's three years out. If you think about it in the context of this year, we only really have a nominal unhedged amount. Um, so, again, I, there wouldn't be a material impact of a five-cent change for the remainder of this
6: year. Okay. Great. Thanks for the color.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Again, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star and then one. Our next question comes from Joel Jackson of BMO Capital Markets. Your line is open.
5: Hi. This is Maria Murphy. I'm for Joel. Thanks for taking my questions. Uh, good morning. Just a follow-up on, morning, just to follow up on mm-hmm. that last um FX question. I guess just thinking about into twenty twenty two, if currency rates hold at current levels, um, what kind of currency impact would there be to earnings next year?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from that perspective, I think the best way to think about it is uh, in and around a five million dollar range, right? Impacting on the unhedged portion. Obviously, the hedged portion um, is covered.
5: Right, okay. Um, And then just back on the 2021 guide, what's the expected contribution from CAMPS this year? And then can you just walk through what other changes were made in base assumptions leading to the
1: five million increase in the guide?
0: Um, So from the CAMPS perspective, um, the expectation for this year would be in the range of eight to 10 million. And for the rest of your question, which I I think was just around sort of where the five comes from, you have increase or improvement associated with the acquisition. So you've got CAMPS as well as Freeman. So think of that in a sort of $13 to $15 million range. Um, And then you have from our original expectations of the year, this is where you have the headwinds which we faced from LTIP as a result of the share price where... At December 31st, it was sitting at 1218, and we're now sitting, um, you know, in sort of mid-$15 range, so that is much higher than we originally expected, so that's having an impact, as well as the in Q2 when we saw that $5 million weather. There's other ups and downs, um, but those are, are, I'm going to say those are sort of the three pieces that are the largest to point out. Okay,
2: yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank you. Good question.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm sure no further questions at this time. I'm just trying to call back to the for any closing remarks.
3: So to wrap up, I think I'd like to thank our management and employees. I'm very proud of all of our accomplishments today, 2021, and their action we have undertaken during COVID-19 and continue servicing our customer. Thank you all to participate. I can assure you... Uh, my uh, feeling of where we are at, even with this uh, short, small quarter that always have some tweaking, more difficult to, to analyze, I think, uh, we're in good shape. And uh, of course, there was the $5 million in weather. There's a $10 million tip. Everything else is business as usual. And we expect, in, with the normal weather in the fall, we expect the rest of the year to be good. And of course, with all those acquisitions, And a little bit of integration, 2022, it's going to be uh, moving to the next level. So on that, I will thank you all for participating. I'm looking forward to the next quarter.
1: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this does conclude today's conference. Thank you all for participating. May all disconnect. Have a great day.